Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so glad that you are here with us. Uh, to everyone on campus, uh, we welcome you. To those online, we welcome you. Thank you for being with us. Uh, if you're wondering what's going on, maybe you didn't hear the news, uh, you're watching with us in the brand new building virtually. And uh, the reason that you cannot be in here with us yet is because uh, the water was turned on last week, but the water pressure was not enough uh, for us to get our occupancy. And so we apologize. We are working on this. I, I saw the water authority. They were down at the road uh, a couple of days this week. They had five trucks down there. They're trying to work on this and figure out what's going on. And so thank you, New Hope, for your flexibility, for your patience. And let's all continue to pray. It wouldn't hurt, right? Uh, we trust and anticipate that we'll be in here together next Sunday. Uh, but let's pray and ask that God would make a way. A few of you have shared with me already. You said, man, God must be doing something really big in the future, in the coming weeks at your church, because the devil is doing everything he can possible to keep you out. He's working overtime, uh, but we look forward to hopefully, Lord willing, be with you here next Sunday in this room, in this new space. Well, we are entitling the sermon today, Work in Progress, <laughs> and uh, we, we're calling it this, of course, not only because our campus and our new church building and facility is a work in progress, but because we are a work in progress. What, what that phrase means, uh, you've probably seen these kind of signs before that say these words. You've probably said them yourselves, and what it means is that the work is not yet finished. There is more to be done. We are working on it, but it's not quite there yet. We are in process. And the truth is, we're in process in so many ways. Uh, our financial lives, likely, they're a work in progress. This is true of our relationships. Uh, they, they may be great, they may be terrible, but in either way, they are still an ongoing work. There's a process, a progress in our relationships. It's true in our work lives, in our career. We may have goals, we may have ambitions, uh, we are a work in progress in that way. And the same is true when it comes to our spiritual lives. And so as I've been thinking about uh, what's going on church-wide, I've been thinking about this phrase, work in progress. And I want to share a scripture with us all this morning that can help us toward this end. Uh, so next Sunday, uh, we're going to pick back up in the book of Acts, and we're going to spend the rest of the month finishing our series through the book of Acts. But today I wanted to do a special message that I'm really excited about uh, because of everything that's been going on. And in Acts, we've been talking about the Apostle Paul. Uh, he is on these missionary journeys. He's planting churches. He's discipling and developing leaders. He hopes to go to Rome. And in the process of doing all of these things, he writes letters. One of the letters is to Ephesus. And in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, you can turn if you have your Bibles or your mobile device. Uh, in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, he writes one of the most concise yet comprehensive explanations of the gospel in all of the New Testament. And so we want to read these words. They may be familiar to many of you. Uh, they are in Ephesians chapter 2 beginning in verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus 
to do good works, which God prepared in advance for all of us to do. One of my favorite theologians is a guy named N.T. Wright. Uh, He lives across the big pond, the Atlantic Ocean, and uh, he wrote about this passage of Scripture, and I love what he had to say about this. He summarizes, in these three little verses, Paul has summed up the entire view, his entire view, of how grace works and what it does. This is very close to what he says about justification. This is how we are saved, that that God justifies us, that he removes our sin, that we are made right with him. He, He says this, that it's very close to what he says about justifications in the book of Romans and Galatians. Like, if you can imagine Paul's great work of Romans, and N.T. Wright is saying he takes what he's talking about in that entire book, and he summarizes it in one concise statement in Ephesians. Though here, it's condensed into a tight and shorthand statement. I mean, this is an incredible passage of Scripture. It's so very simple, and because of that, we can sometimes miss the significance. And it's all about God's grace. The original word grace in the Greek language, it's the word charis, all right? And uh, I'm going to make sure that you're still with me here on on video. So if you would say the word charis with me, we're going to say it together. Charis. All right, come on. I don't know if you said it or not because I can't hear you. I'm all the way up here. But one more time, let's say charis. Okay. Charis means here grace, goodwill, loving kindness, favor. And we know that we're saved by God's grace, but sometimes it's hard for us to remember how significant grace is. We forget because we forget how holy and pure God is, and we forget because we neglect to know how sinful and lost we actually are. And when we can hold these two things together, we're reminded again of the importance of God's grace. Uh, If we were going to look here in Ephesians chapter 2 at how Paul summarizes this. If we had time, we could read the entire chapter. Uh, But let me just give you a few phrases of what it means for us to need the grace of God. We need God's grace because of our sin. And here's how Paul describes our sin. Just a handful of words here. He says, for example, that we were dead, that we were disobedient, that we were craving the flesh, right? That that we are gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature. It says that we have these desires, that there is wrath. That's all before we get to verses 8 through 10. And there's a a shift, a turn in verse 4 that I think is so important. He says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ by God's grace. If we were to look after Ephesians 8 through 10, chapter 2 still, uh, we, we would see that there's this whole other set of words that begin and phrases that begin to describe who we are without grace. Uh, here are a few of them. It says that we are separate from Christ. We were excluded, that we were without hope. But then down in verse 13, it says, But now in Christ Jesus... You who were once far away, you have been brought near 
by the blood of Christ. You see, we desperately need this because our sin is rebellion against God. Our sin is all of the ways that we don't fulfill what God asks us to do. All of the ways that we do what God asks us not to do. It's when we commit idolatry by putting other things before God. It's any unholy action, any impure thought. These sins separate us from God. And so what we need is what we read in verse 4 and, and in verse 13. It's, it's what we're reading in verses 8 through 10. We need the grace, the charis, the, the goodwill, the favor, the loving kindness of our Father in heaven. And thankfully, in Jesus, we have the ability to be brought near. It's because of his sacrifice that he died and that he rose again. Jesus paid the penalty for our sin and he brought us near to God because of his work on the cross. And now we can receive the free gift of grace. It's nothing that we can do. We can't boast. We didn't earn it. We, we didn't work for it. That's impossible. We can't earn it. Even our righteousness is like filthy rags in the eyes of God, the book of Isaiah tells us. And so because we desperately need the, the grace of God, God came near to us in Jesus, and he made a way where there was no way. The, the way that I would say this is that this is what we are saved from. I, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, it tells us what we are saved from. We are saved from sin. We are saved from death. We're saved from self-destruction. We're even saved from self-salvation. It's all by God's grace that we are saved from these things. You know, a couple weeks ago, I was um, in a situation many of us have been in before. I had a flat tire, right? No big deal. A flat tire on the minivan, all right? I'm talking 2006 Toyota Sienna minivan, all right? This thing... Yeah, it's, 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 it's going to rust out before the engine dies. But uh, flat tire, I put on the spare. What I didn't know is that this tire, um, the, the wheels on this car, we, we had to get new wheels. The old ones were like rusting off. And so the wheels that we bought came with special lug nuts. I didn't know that they made these sorts of things. And so I put the special lug nuts on the spare tire. Well, these special lug nuts don't hold on any tire. They only hold on one tire, the one that they were made for. And so I'm driving to the repair shop, and then all of a sudden my wheel starts, and I'm like, oh boy, this is not good. So I pull over all of the lug nuts. I mean, I could like, with my hand, tighten them back up. I'm tightening them back up, get out the tool. I'm ratcheting them down. I'm like, I just need to get far enough that I can get to a safe spot so I don't get hit on the road here. Pull into a church parking lot. Thank you so much to that church. And uh, I parked there, and what I had to do, I had to call the tow truck so that they could take the car to the repair shop and then I called my dad to come and give me a ride. And I thought, you know what? What a picture of the gospel. This is what we're talking about. We have to be saved from all of these things. I needed rescue because of my sin. And Jesus makes a way in our spiritual lives and in every way for us to be saved from everything that makes us lost. Well, not only... This, the verse continues, the second part of this statement in Ephesians 2 is equally important. I love verse 10. If you look again at the passage, it says, For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith. Remember, this is just belief and trust in God. 
And this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. He, he helps us, he enables us to have faith, not by works so that no one can boast. Here's the last part. For we are God's handiwork, that word is incredible, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. When it says there that we are God's handiwork, uh, that word in the original language is poema, all right? Poema, it means this. It means what is made, workmanship, creation. Poema is the word from which we get our word today, poem. Think of a sculpture, a, a piece of art, uh, God's masterpiece. This is what he's talking about when he uses this word. The verb form of poema is poieo, and it's to make. It shows up 579 times in the New Testament. And it's a whole slew of different things. It's preparing a banquet. It's discipling a student. It's reciting a prayer. It's forging an agreement. It's uh, making a pathway. All of these things, anything that brings glory to God, poema. It's a work of art. It's God's glory on display in us, his creation. That's absolutely incredible. And so when I think about this passage of Scripture and the fact that Paul says, when we are saved, right, when we come under the grace of God, when we are filled with God's gift of salvation, it shows us that we're not just saved from something. It shows us that we're saved for something. We are saved for good works. We're saved to become more and more like Christ. We're saved to do the will of God, to fulfill as his people what he's asking us to do. And God has prepared these works in advance for us. You know, I'm uh, using a new teaching table here uh, this morning. Uh, as we were deciding to move into the new space, uh, I was looking at some different options, and we were going to buy a new table. And someone in the church said, you know what, I I'm a woodworker. I would love to help if I could. And we were blown away. We're like, yeah, I mean, we will pay you for this. No, 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 I don't want to get paid. This is my church. I just want to gift this to you. Like, wow, man, that's incredible. And so thank you, Tim Byerly. This guy is incredible. His craftsmanship, his woodwork is impeccable. Um, this table is white oak. And uh, it's ebonized, and so you see the black tint. If you could see closely the grain in this, you got to come check it out sometime. And uh, the way that he did these finishes, it is a masterpiece, sincerely, of, of woodworking and ability. But it's not just a piece of art that we sit and look at and go, huh, that's pretty. We, we hang it on a wall and we enjoy it, and that's good in and of itself. But it's not just to look at, it's for something. It's for a purpose. It's so that we can put notes on it. It's so that we can lay our Bible down and we can preach the word of God. This serves a purpose. And we are saved for a purpose, right? It's not that we're saved for something as in this is the, the reason why, right? This, this is why God saved us. No, 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 no. Instead, this is that it's the result of Right? The purpose for which we're saved is not just so we do stuff for God. The result of being saved is that we do good works for God. 
And I need to remind us, of course, we've already covered this, that the good works don't save us. We're already saved. God did that freely by his grace. But when we come under grace, now we have work that we need to do. And that brings us back to where we started, that we are all a work in progress. I think of passages of scripture that say, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I think of uh, the passage that says, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. And we know how far we have to go from where we are today, even as saved people, uh, that we do not match up to the perfection of Christ, to the standard of God. And so we would say, yeah, I'm a work in progress. And it's not because of God's imperfect design. No, 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 it's because of our imperfection. God's design, we are created in him. It's perfection, it's wholeness, it's peace, it's shalom from the beginning. But because of sin, we've now fallen short of his glory. And so because of his grace that saves us, we need his grace to help us do these good works. It's also by his grace that we become more and more like Jesus, his son, the one that we follow. You could say it like this, that we are a work in progress. And as grace-filled people, we are to progress in our work. Whatever the work it is that we are doing, because of grace, now we have work to do. We are saved for service. We are saved for good works. We are saved to fulfill the mission and calling of God in our lives, in the workplace, in our families, and in the world around us. It might be an encouraging word for someone who's troubled. It might be a prayer over someone that has a need. It could be actually helping someone who's stranded on the side of the road and needs to get a ride back home or to the tire shop. It could be the good work of training up our children in the way of the Lord. There are so many things that are to be done. And it's not to be overwhelmed and it's not to add more law and guilt upon our shoulders, but it's because of the grace of God that we're compelled now to do good works. And if that isn't uh, enough, if it still feels overwhelming, I want to remind us as we close of Philippians Chapter 1, verse 6. That he who began a good work in you, he will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God has done a good work in us to save us. God continues to do a good work in us as we are becoming more like Christ and doing good works. And he who began the good work in us, he's the one that will complete it. I look forward to, I long for the day when we can be in this room, but that pales in comparison to the day when we meet our Savior face to face and we are transformed fully, wholly, completely into the likeness of Jesus, 1 John chapter 3. When we see him, we will be made like him. We long for the day when Jesus comes and makes all things right and we enter into eternity with our Father in heaven. It's by his grace that all of this is possible. What a gift, what a privilege that is. If you have yet to receive this gift, we want to make sure that you know there's an opportunity. 
every single day, but especially now in this moment, there's an opportunity to respond, to say, you know what? I want to believe. I, I want to put my faith in Jesus, right? I want to ask forgiveness of my sin. I want to make my life right, and I want to follow him with everything that I have in my being. Uh, we'll have prayer partners available down front in just a few minutes. I'll run down the hill. Uh, we'll have staff. We'll have elders. We'll have leaders down there that are ready to talk to you. And uh, if you want to be made right, we would invite you. Maybe today is the day where you say, I want to cross the line where I get baptized, where I, I wash away the old sin, and I'm raised to walk in the new life, saved from, saved for. All that's possible because of God's grace, because of his gift. Let me close with a word of prayer, and then we will be dismissed. Our Father in heaven, what a privilege it is to be able to preach words of life. I need these words. Thank you for saving me from my sin. Thank you that you continue to give me grace when I fall short. I pray that today we would receive a fresh sense of your grace over our lives, that we would be filled with your spirit. And Father, if, if someone has yet to do that, that they would make that decision to put their faith and trust in you. Uh, to, to go all in, to be baptized, to choose to live faithfully for the name of Jesus. Help us who have done that, who have made that decision, help us to do the good works that you've prepared in advance for us to do. God, give us eyes to see. Help us to fulfill the calling and the mission that you've placed on our lives. We are a work in progress, but we are in good hands because we are in your hands. Finish the good work that you've begun. We pray in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. New Hope, thank you again for being with us. Grace and peace be with you. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday.